first game central podcast of the year 2015 we are actually well on our way into the future now judgment day and original terminate was supposed to occur in 1997 a date that seems so far ahead when the film was released in 1984 and also judgment day found itself pushed forward to 2004 in terminator 2 we had 2001 a space odyssey the end of the world as predicted by the mayans in 2012 now all these days have passed we can finally relax so no judgment day and uh, no end of the world from the Mayans, Don. So, okay? Yeah, it's quite good. Thank you. 2014 was pretty much a non-event in terms of gaming. A year full of disappointments, unfinished games, unfulfilled promises, and a failure to advance the current generation. What better time then to discuss our favourite games of 2014? <laughs> right after everyone else has. And which game will join Game Central's Game of the Year 2013, which, if Gareth, I'm not mistaken was The Last of Us, which Don, Don still hasn't played. Don still hasn't played. Oh, Don. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Did we all come to the conclusion that that was the game of last year? Yes, you all did. did Thank you very did much. Guy, did Guy play it? Oh, it doesn't matter what he thinks, does it? Oh, that's true, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth has had an okay year. You could say it has been pretty bronze rather than silver. Oh, what? Exactly. This, of course, is a running joke on the podcast as Gareth spent most of the summer playing League of Legends, never progressing past bronze. And then one day he just stopped talking about it, hoping we would forget. Well, thanks to Guy last week, we haven't. Fresh from eating his first Chinese of 2015, but hopefully not his last, it's Gareth Williams. How are you, Gareth? How is Chinese food in the futuristic age? I was going to say, you should clarify Chinese food. Not just, just eating a Chinese, if you know yeah, what I'm saying. It's a Chinese takeaway. Gary. Yep, it is. And what, what did you have? I had a sweet and sour pork. Oh, that is disgusting. Oh. Okay. It's like pork sweets. No, it's you know not. It is. It's too sweet. There's no such thing as too sweet, mate. Oh, yes. I cooked for Becky tonight. It was the instant noodles. But I left the flavour pack in whilst I was boiling the noodles. As I took it out, I don't think it would kill her. You know, this one, normally, <laughs> normally they come with one sort of uh, sachet of flavouring. But this one, for some reason, had two. So I took out one sachet of flavouring, emptied it out, and then only when I was serving it up to her did okay. I pick out this horrible, floppy piece of plastic. That, yeah, that God. Used. Sometimes it's like they come with sesame oil as well. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Which is quite upsetting. Uh, do you like those instant noodles, Gareth? You know, they're a bit of a last resort for me because yeah. I don't like noodles. I don't like food that's a pain to eat. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, noodles are all floppy and they don't really get on your fork right. And then you think you've got them on your fork and you lift up your fork and then they all slip hey, off. Someone needs to teach you how to eat. I just, I like, I like stuff that's in chunks, you know. I like a roast dinner because it's like chunks of meat, yeah. chunks of potato, chunks of veg, just shove them in. It's all very easy for you. You don't have to deviate from that plan of just smack, grab, push into your face. Chip. Exactly. That's why I have yeah. rice with the Chinese and not noodles. Because I don't I'm need that right. hassle in my life. There's already enough stress in my life. Exactly. Which is to say, basically none. But that's already too much. Fantastic. I just want a shovel. Stuff. Shovel. And I bet you do use a shovel. Not a shovel, that's offensive. One of those kind of gardening um, sort of, what are they called? A, a trowel. Shovel. 
Yeah, you eat one from one of those. That's much. That's much. That makes me sound much nicer. Yeah, it's a bit more upmarket. <laughs> right. Don's running joke this year is that he has a girlfriend now. Don, will your girlfriend be listening to this? Yes, I imagine she will. See, classic. Funny. Yes, Don was single for a while, much to our amusement, but now no more. Well done, Don. Thanks. Are you, are you drinking Lemsip? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This sounds pretty much like the same cold you had before. It's uh, it's not the same. It's a new, different one. Would you say it's an advanced version or not as good? Definitely an advanced version. Well, so it's like version 2.0? Yeah, the original one, like the 1.1 version, I I pretty much broke that one. Yeah. But then just as I was, you know, uninstalling it, a new version came (laughs) along and it updated to version 2. Hey, when that happens. Fucking hate it. Yep. So, back again with the same old shit as last year. (laughs) Start the new year. Good way to start the new year, Don. Yeah, perfect. So, anyway, I don't really think I have had a running joke throughout last year, which is a shame. I mainly <laughs> prey on others, which is probably why karma systematically destroyed everything in my life over 2014. <laughs> my name is Rob, this is us, and welcome to the Game Central podcast. And I trust everyone's had a great Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Gareth, did you, did you have a good time at your mum's? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, looking after my nephew, which was a pain, but you yeah. know. You, you were kind of left to do that. Some of the he, the problem is because I'm like one of the only big boys. He sort of yeah. gravitates towards me. Is that what you get? Some boast, mate. Oh jeez, big boy, big boy, come and play with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you let him play on your Wii U, Gareth? No, no, he wasn't allowed on the I, screen. I don't trust him. No, you still haven't paid it back, have you? Paid it back. You know, you do that £5 each month at Bright House. <laughs> That's not how I got my Wii U. <laughs> you bought it out, right? Like a PIMP? No, I asked it. Asked for it off asked everyone. it from everyone? Well, you just bumped into people in the street. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's called begging, Gareth, and that's illegal. Uh, only if you get caught. Oh, yes. Don, <laughs> lovely Christmas with the, the girlfriend and her family? Yeah, it was really good. Did she come and see your parents? Uh, not over Christmas, no. Do I your parents know you have a partner now? <laughs> yes. Good. Yes. That is so, brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we all had a good Christmas, but, you know, when you walk into Sainsbury's and all the Christmas decorations are down and, you know, there's no more sort of Christmas songs playing, it does kind of feel a little bit depressing, doesn't it? No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's been a great Christmas. Good New Year's. Okay, so I've listened to a few podcasts over the last few weeks. We've got the usual, this is my top five games of the year. Let's not be creative. Game um, game trailers gave PT their game of the year, Gareth, which you absolutely balked at, didn't you? Um, it's not a game. It's a exactly. fucking demo. Piss off. Those, what, who the fuck? What? <laughs> exactly. I've just summed See, up all of our thoughts there. In fairness, though, it is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, literally, fuck that game. I'm not yeah. playing. I'm not buying that game. I'm not playing that game. I don't care what anyone says. Maybe if you say and you judge it in regards to um, what it sets out to do and what it achieves, then you could say, yeah, it's a pretty complete uh, thing. But is it a game or an interactive trailer? We just don't know. And that sounds a bit too much like news, Gareth, which is something <laughs> we're not going to be doing this week. Uh, we thought, well, Gareth thought that we would list ten games each, 
and then systematically go through them until we all fell asleep and woke up the next morning and then uh, he could edit the podcast. Uh, Gareth, I'm very sorry, but I couldn't even think of 10 games. <laughs> Neither can I. Well, I'll tell you who could think of 10 games. Okay, well, you, you said 17. Uh, apart from me, I, I I could think of a lot more than 10. But Okay, do 17 down to 2. No, I'm, no you ruined my segue. Oh, sorry, got through your segue. That's what she said. <laughs> the people who could think of a top ten for the year was the okay. Game Central Lives Facebook group. Oh, my Jesus. God. And they actually replied. They voted. Uh, they did a big group vote on their best games of the year. Gareth, did you organise this or are you just pinching what they've done? They held a vote, like, two weeks ago. And you've oh, come yeah. down like a vulture and you're taking that. <laughs> like a ton of bricks, I came I, down. I thought, well, Gareth's actually, you know, organised something here, but you haven't. Well, I'm not going to take credit for Paul Thut's hard work. Okay, go on in, let's go. Okay, so the Game Central Lives Facebook group officially voted on their top ten for the year. Number ten is Alien Isolation. Good game. So I've Thank heard. You. <laughs> That's how you've heard, yeah, through the grapevine. Which I own, have not played. <laughs> oh, Don Donaldson. Don Donaldson. Uh, <laughs> number nine is Far Cry 4. Oh, great game. That's what I've heard. Only a nine? Wow, Gareth. Actually, I played that last night. <gasps> Actually turned it on. I installed it last night and played it Went for about bed. half an hour. Oh, Don played a game. That wasn't Destiny. I know, I know. Well, that's insane. But... Wasn't you just? Wasn't you going, guy? Guy, where are you, guy? <laughs> guy, I'm what? doing a loot. Loot. Where's the loot, guy? And then Funny you, you could say that actually, because there was just me and Guy on PS party chat. Weird. <laughs> oh, he was weird. playing Peggle, and I was playing Far Cry Four. He was playing Peggle. Yeah, or God, Peggle Two, the new it one. It gets worse, doesn't it? <laughs> just <laughs> when you thought it couldn't. It does. <laughs> He does it for sympathy, though, doesn't he? He's probably playing it thinking, I hope everyone sees me playing this and offers me sympathy. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, Gareth. Let's not break your list stride. All right. Uh, Game number eight was Super Smash Brothers. I assume both 3DS and Wii U versions. Simultaneously. Great game slash terrible game, depending on (laughs) who you're talking to. Your your sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Game number seven is Bayonetta 2. Well, I'd like to say, Gareth, that games like Bayonetta 2, if released on multi-platforms, I think it'd be a lot higher up in the list. I think you're probably right. Uh, I have played it. I can confirm it's a very good game. Wow. Uh, So the two games you actually got the console for, you're not too impressed about, and the one game that you didn't really pay much mind to (laughs) has come out of nowhere and smacked you in the jaw. Well, you'll have to see my list, won't you? I'll see your list. Can't wait. (laughs) 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 Uh, Number six on the Game Central Lives Facebook group top ten is Tag Guy Whitlock. Uh, This is an unusual game because, you know, Tag's been around for, like, thousands of years. And then it evolved into, like, Kiss Chase. And then, you know, when your uncle came round and he had to chase you and you had to get to the shed and go... Tag, 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 and then he couldn't touch you. Yep, it's like that, but instead of an uncle, it's Guy Whitlock. Okay, so what what system was this released on? Uh, Engage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and there was only two released. Yeah. So this seems like a game that obviously I'm not part of the Game Central Lives 
group because I was thrown out for upsetting someone. Um, I said, I said to Paul Fart, I said, rapists have had shorter sentences than I've been away from games <laughs> for gifts because it's true. Yeah. And that's... all I did was insult someone that's not very well liked in the community. But there you go. I suppose this is quite a funny game, isn't it? So in Guy's uh, Facebook um, notifications, it probably comes up that loads of people have tagged them. Yeah. Well, the guy's not a part of this group anymore either. He got he left a few weeks ago, and then he got automatically just joined <laughs> in again by someone like last week. And about thirty minutes later, he was he left again. Yeah. Why, why did he leave in the end, Don? Oh, because he just had enough of all the bullshit. Not that anyone would like care what we're actually talking about. <laughs> Any listeners in the wider world will probably be thinking, mm, "This podcast seems a little bit too exclusive for my liking." I'm off. Who's this guy chap that they're wasting ten minutes talking about? It's a valid question. Yeah. Uh, number five was Destiny. Ooh, good game. That's Bravo. quite low down, really, when you consider. When you consider Don's in the group. Yeah. And he can sway voting either way. He can. You yeah, think he can. As soon as I open my mouth on there, I get a load of abuse as well. So I, I just sit and look. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you sit up on the, the arm of your sofa and you kind of put the PC on and you look into it like some sort of golem creature. Well, what I do is I sit there and lurk, and then every time someone posts a picture, I just report it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's quite good. But, you, you don't know, want to until even Until joke. eventually what happens is someone gets really annoyed that all the pictures are getting reported, and then it starts off a massive internal fight between people accusing each other, and then oh, other okay. people so getting banned. <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's an amusing, fun time for Is it a bit like Wink Murder? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten about that game. Brilliant game. Yeah, it's a good game, that. Good games play at Christmas. Yeah, not if there's like three of you, because you know one of you goes out the room and then they say, "Oh no, there's been a murder," and you come in and say it's me and Gareth, and Gareth falls on the floor. You know, it's automatically me. So you have to have quite a lot of friends to play it. Well, if it was suicide Unless, though, uh, yeah, it could have been suicide, <laughs> or one of you could be psychotic and have, you know, or or you um, could have like that kind of uh, sort of um, a disability where they haven't understood the instructions right. So they've kind of done it, and then you think, oh, what a fucking idiot. What, if you yeah. came back in the room and they were both dead? <laughs> yeah, that's a mutual suicide. That or he's killed out, Hang on. Killed maybe, himself. maybe I'm the murderer. <laughs> what a yeah, twist. Oh, what? You've what gone outside, but you killed them before you went outside, and you had a psychotic episode. You forgot yeah. what you did, and you've come in because you think there's been a murder. And yeah. It's all like kind of Shutter Island style. Exactly. See, this game's got depth yep. that not a lot of people have thought of before. And that's yep. why we're here. Game Central Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, game number four is South Park, The Stick of Truth. Well, that's quite high up, isn't it? It's very high up, considering well, I kind of forgot yeah. it existed. I think oh, it's probably because it caused Guy to have one testicle. Yeah, it's gone yes. in what? Are you in the shower, Don? Because it's going to... No. Probably, no, that was probably me getting a prawn cracker out of the uh, the weird plastic rubbish bag you get from a Chinese shop. I don't, I don't think that's just you, mate. Rubbish <laughs> <laughs> bag with all the potato peelings and apple peelings <laughs> and the used nappies that they deliver it in. 
But sorry, sorry, Don. You know, I didn't know you had a Chinese tonight. I didn't. I guess it was on Saturday. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, the prawn crackers have only just opened today, so they've been sealed in a, in a bag with a tie around them. So they've been, that, air, they've been airtight, and they're, now, they're still... That feels so fun. thin that it, it, it's not airtight. That bag <laughs> is air. Okay. Well, there's air in it, but... Yeah, they're fine. They're still crispy. They're not soggy at all. They're really nice. Okay. It's called stale, Don. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The crisps don't go soggy when they're left out, and they should even sink. <laughs> Well, that is gross, Don. Okay, uh, third on their game of the year list is Shadow of Mordor. No, no. Loads of people say how good that game is, but none of them have completed it yet. And you just want them to get to the end and go, hang on, this is bullshit. (laughs) It does turn to bullshit right near the end in a pretty sad way. Uh, Second on the list, runner-up for 2014, was Mario Kart 8. Oh, that robbed. Should have been number one. Thank you. I but pretty much can guess what number one is. Number one. Yeah. It could only be Grand the Theft Auto 5. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Gareth. Don spoke over you as you announced the win. Oh, Donald. Which is just <laughs> with his prawn cracker mouth. All right, you can just edit this and make it seamless. That's what she said. Hello. <laughs> Carry on. Grand Theft Auto Five, Game of the Year, 2014, as voted for by Game Central Lives Facebook group. Good. So well, well that done. means we don't have to do this section now because Game of the Year has been chosen. Well, no, because no. Okay. <laughs> right. So obviously, people do that. They do lists. They do voting. But what we thought we'd do is something a little bit different. Um, because that's what we do here at the Game Central Podcast, and we're not disgusted about um, being different. Are we, Gareth? Uh, if I was disgusted about being different, I would have shaved many moons ago. <laughs> exactly. Right, so um, we're, it's going to be in the form of a courtroom drama where our game of the year is going to be up on trial. The person defending the game of the year, it will be their own personal game of the year, and they will be the attorney of the game, trying to defend it whilst the other two pick away its weaknesses. Will Don crumble? He hasn't got a time limit, so you don't need to worry, Don. (laughs) So this is it. Game of the year. Games on trial. one point or another we have all have been or will be appearing in court be it for vandalism or more serious offenses such as murder and or bestiality the court is a great place for everyone to meet up and come to a resolution and conclusion to various matters that present themselves in our everyday lives oh i'm sad and want to see my children but the mother is being very unfair the neighbor's hedge is growing into my garden my uncle keeps looking at my daughter weirdly I was kidnapped and taken to Spain by a long-armed freak. These are just some of the cases you would expect to find in the many courtrooms across England. So what better way to cross-examine and determine our game of the year than here, live in Manchester Crown Court? 
Please bring the first defendant to the dock. And the attorney, Mr. Goss, please state the name of your defendant, please. Oh, defendant's name, I'm afraid, is Destiny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, it was close. Excuse me. <laughs> Have you ever been to court? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you all know, when you go to court um, and the judge asks you a question, you don't then just start going off on one. Oh, you, you've been accused of murder. Yeah, you know, it was close. Uh, it was two, really. But you know, just say yes. Your defendant has been charged with impersonating a decent video game in the year 2014. How does your defendant plead? Not guilty. You will now be cross-examined by a panel <laughs> of gaming in experts. Gareth, would you like to first take the podium? Of course. Uh, my argument is a very simple one. Uh, I would argue, Don, that... Uh, Destiny may not even be a game after all <laughs> what constitutes a game gameplay sure of course graphics without doubt also some kind of story must be present in any game so that's why I think Destiny falls apart what do you say Don well I have to say you're uh... what's your first point <laughs> that it's not a game not a game, okay, because it hasn't got, you're saying gameplay, um, graphics and story. Well, first of all, gameplay, as everyone who's, anyone who's played it can attest, it has probably the finest mechanics of any first person shooter ever made. Fact, I've gone back to others, in fact, I went to Far Cry 4, a more recent one, and there was another one I tried the other day, which I can't remember. There's another FPS, and you put them on, and you suddenly feel really weird, it doesn't feel as tight doesn't feel as fluid as solid you don't feel as grounded in the world as you do when you're playing destiny gameplay on that is absolutely rock solid um, i would say if you do anything for eight hours a day don't <laughs> stop for four months doing something else is gonna feel a bit weird yeah that you have a valid point there <laughs> like changing hands <laughs> i have to concede and your second point of graphics, uh, Destiny's got some of the best graphics ever seen, I'd say. They're, really? Especially on the PS4, I can't attest to the PS3 or the Xbox 360, although they do look really good on those consoles. Obviously, I had the beta on the Xbox 360. But the PS4, it looks fantastic. The, the, the light boxes is superb, the lighting, the shadow effects, it's yeah, amazing. It is, the graphics it's the in that game... Are ninety four point three percent skyboxes? <laughs> I would say. Uh, can you prove that? Have you got some kind of evidence? To, uh, uh, I I do. Gareth, would you please step forward and hand over the evidence? Uh, yeah, I keep it in this plastic bag. So let me just. Fantastic. There you go, Your Honour. Hmm, this is quite incriminating indeed. <laughs> Carry on, Don. Okay, so uh, <laughs> the jury will have to decide on the uh, whether he's telling the truth about the graphics. Hello, Mr. Goss. Uh, Mr. Walker here. Uh, would I be right in saying, and this is verbatim from a press release given by a developer Bungie leading up to the release of your defendant, Destiny is a brand new IP set to span at least 10 years 
With a parallel storyline overarching each release, players can expect action and cooperative experiences the likes of which have never been experienced before. Can you stand there, Mr. Goss, and honestly tell me that Destiny offers a new experience that has never been achieved before? I can stand here and say it. <laughs> I could say a lot of things, to be honest. I just did it. Oh, I can detect a little bit of hesitation there. Also, some uh, some sarcasm I'm noticing, which is not welcome in court, Mr. Goss. Order! <laughs> Go ahead, man. Please be quiet. Sorry, sorry, Honor. Well, when it comes to new experiences, Destiny, sure, it uses similar mechanics to several other types of game that have obviously existed before. Inventing something completely new is virtually impossible. Because so would you is say that every promise made by your defendant has been met? Uh, not exactly, but then Don't I would say something say else. The critics who have said Destiny is let down, lazy, unimaginative, and a regurgitation of everything that has come before. No. What I would say is that it has provided something else entirely that is perhaps slightly unexpected by, by some people. Especially what it's done is it has brought the MMO experience to the console player, where PC players have been really used to playing MMOs, you could be World of Warcraft, your League of Legends, and so on. They've been very used to that dynamic, having people online to play with and raiding up and groups and everything, all the rest of it for years. Console stuff hasn't really had something to get people together that much, especially not in a first-person shooter. So this is the first time it's been tried in a first-person shooter, and it's that part of it which has worked really well. This is why people keep playing Destiny. This is why people have been playing it for several hundred hours. Um, <laughs> myself, I'm approaching 300, but let's not get bogged down in that. Um, the, um, the the social aspect of getting everyone together for a raid and organising stuff really keeps people in it. It's doing the raid, especially, is just a laugh, really, apart from anything else. Learning all the tricks that are in there, teaching new people what to do, where to go, what's happening, what triggers this and that, what what different things are going going to happen. It's a uh, a social and fun thing to do. You're, you kind of you have a laugh once everyone as well kind of knows what they're doing and everyone's got a grip for it. You can just go into the raids and just start taking the piss a little bit, but having Mr. a laugh with each other whilst you're playing a, yes, a solid. This is all very well and good, but are it people is. playing the game because they are gripped by it, or is it now a playground formed from players who are addicted to collecting bigger and better weapons than the ones they had before? Because Don, stop me if I am wrong. This sounds nothing like Division. We represented when the first game in it first arrived. Well, you'd have to speak to Bungie about that. If I may. <laughs> Please. I would say. I can put it in terms Don may understand here. Uh, oh, God. Bungie, they said they were going to give you a legendary engram. They handed it to you. You thought, oh my god, there's going to be a legendary game <laughs> in this engram. This is amazing. This is going to be the best game I've ever played. You take it to the Cryptarch. Hedicrypts are common. Worth nothing. Barely a shell of the engram it even came from. You would <laughs> rather have the, the unidentified engram than this crappy common you were given. That is what Destiny is. It's not even close to its potential. Nor is it good enough. To be considered one of the best games of the year. Well, they are. They have got ten years to keep improving it, and they. <laughs> so, and with regards to the story, which you mentioned earlier, you said that games need a story to. They just need one. But 
there are other games out there like Journey, which doesn't really have a story either. Oh. You kind of make your own adventure as you go. You you project that onto onto the game as you go through it yourself. It doesn't have to have a direct scripted narrative in order to be things. So you can't say every game is a story, but yes. I am sorry, yes, Mr. Yes, Goss, yes. but it seems that you're simply defending the game that came out and said it was going to give this massive, amazing, grand story, and you are sitting here now, and you're telling me that games do not even need stories. Well, they don't. That's a, that's a fact. That games, is a fact. Games don't need a story to be a game, because there's a million examples of but games. half of its selling point was story. It's still a game. a story. Well, they've got ten years to write a story. So okay, well, we'll wait like... a lot around then. <laughs> if, yeah, if you want to make the argument for best game of 2025, yes. maybe we can have a conversation about that in ten years' time. But for now, okay. let's see if that happens. <laughs> so final statements, please, Gareth Williams. I think the uh, the problems with Destiny uh, well-documented, not only by the three of us in this room, but by the internet in general. Grand Consensus tends to agree that that game is pretty terrible and the only reason you would have it as your game of the year is if you were plum addicted to it as our defendant Jonathan Goss is Don's not the defendant Destiny's the defendant Don's the attorney of the (sighs) Destiny as our defendant Destiny Your Honour I would just like to say that Don Goss stands before us today talking about the social benefits of this game Okay, fair enough, but this is not Facebook. This is a computer <laughs> game. There is absolutely no way Destiny can be held aloft as Game of the Year. Not only are its numerous technical faults clear for everyone to see, but it hasn't progressed a genre at all, and it feels stale within a year of its release. Let's be honest. What we have here is an online game that is no more than a shiny Borderlands 2. For a game to be crowned Game of the Year... It not only has to stand above its peers as an example of how things should be done in a particular genre, but also, when played in years to come, still be able to hold its own and be appreciated for what it was when first released. Unfortunately, Destiny is a game that already looks like how not to make a game of this type. It promised so much, but ultimately is now known to be played by a few people, spending countless hours collecting weapons that are slightly more powerful than the ones they had before. They're not, though. That's the worst thing. I know, I know. There's not even better weapons than the ones they already have. They have the best weapons in the game, and they know it. Don, is there anything that you would like to add, Mr. Goss? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've said enough about Destiny for the last 12 months. We all know. That that does not hold any bearing in the courtroom. Yeah. Well, I hold this court somewhat in contempt because this court doesn't really play Destiny. And it says only a few people play Destiny, when in fact there's still three million people playing it on a daily basis, which is more than almost any other game. Uh, It's over a year after its release. Little under a year, sorry. it's It's been three and a bit months. Exactly. Four months. It'd be four months. I think you've answered your own question there, Don. What are you talking about? What? Three million people are still playing it after four months. I don't understand. Yes, but if you imagine that 10 million people were playing it at the start. When were there 10 million people playing it? There weren't 10 million people playing it. At the start. 10,486,581. 
Hi guys, uh, as it's the Game of the Year podcast, I feel like it would be uh, irresponsible of me not to pick uh, the game with the best soundtrack of the year. Uh, and I've been torn, to be honest. Um, you know, th- there have been some games that came out with big sweeping scores like Dragon Age and Destiny with like big orchestral scores. Um, but when I was really thinking about it, the games that sort of did the most for me this year were the games with the sort of, you know, chip tuny uh, 8-bit sort of sounding uh, soundtracks. And I think the best of those is Luftrausers. Um, Luftrausers is a game I don't find it the most fun to play. It's fun. But there are a lot more fun games that you can play in that similar bullet hell shootery style. But the soundtrack is amazing. It's uh, one track that's really cool um, but your ship basically has three parts, an engine, a body, and then a weapon. And so there's a default uh, soundtrack. Uh, there's one song that plays for if you just have the default uh, weapon, body, and engine. But every time you change one of those, it also changes parts of the one song. So while there's only one track, that track can sound different in dozens and dozens of ways. I think there's something close to like 200 permutations of the song depending on combinations uh, of parts of your ship that go together and mix. Um, So it's just a really very cool dynamic soundtrack that never really gets old and you'll see when you listen to it. Um, I'm going to play you the main track from Luftrausers. It's called The Original sort of the default track for the default ship and I'm sure you'll love it just as much as I did so this is the best soundtrack of the year Luftrausers
Alright, so I, unlike these yahoos, took the time to come up with a top ten for the year. Put a lot of thought into it. Gareth, is Yahoo one of your racist slurs? Is it racist? I've heard it said on like American TV shows. Well, we don't know, Gareth. It could be, and it could land you in a lot of hot water. I choose to believe I'm calling people the website Yahoo. Well, well that's not an offence, is it? Oh, you're a website. Well, it's not a very good website anymore, so... You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it a website, or is it a search engine? It's kind of both. Mm. Gareth's top ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number ten is Titanfall. Uh, I wasn't looking forward to Titanfall that much. I thought it looked cool, but it wasn't really something I thought I'd uh, go out of my way to play. But when I did, it was very satisfying, very enjoyable, and the six hours that I played of it, I really enjoyed. Uh, Enough for it to make my top ten list based on just those six odd hours alone. And we spoke to good old Vinicio Gonzalez uh, about it as well, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And she seemed to enjoy it as well. Um, Who is sadly no longer with us. <laughs> what? On the podcast. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, the problem was, after you play for six hours, you've done everything that you want to do in the game. Um, so there's not really any incentive to continue, you know? A game can be fun and satisfying, but if you have no incentive to keep playing, then... You're not going to, which I think, uh, I think really uh, shot Titanfall in the foot. It really could have been really high up on my list and most people's lists, but instead they sort of half-assed it, and they really uh, screwed themselves. So that's my number ten Titanfall. My number nine is Dark Souls Two. There we go. Um, Dark Souls Two didn't really live up to Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 1 was just good in a multitude of ways. Like, it felt fresh. It was hard as balls. Um, and it was fun. How hard are balls, though, Gareth? Uh, balls made of diamond. Bowling balls. Wow. Bowling balls. <laughs> yeah. It was hard as bowling balls, yes. Um, but it, above all else, it was uh, fun. It was like when you finally hit somebody with a sword in a battle, it was satisfying. You felt like you'd earned it. Dark Souls 2, the animations were looser. Um, there wasn't as many satisfying boss fights. Um, the whole thing felt like it was sort of trying to a- achieve what Dark Souls wanted achieved, but it never really reached that level. I think um, Dark Souls 2 could have quite easily been a better game but uh, it just if it wasn't trying so hard to follow in Dark Souls 1's footsteps maybe done a few things more different than it really could have set its own path but instead it's always going to be compared to the first one and it just doesn't hold up so that's number 9 Dark Souls 2 any of you guys play that? Uh, no sorry okay okay uh, You're listening to Gareth's list. <laughs> everyone loves my list. About ten and nine, and now <laughs> eight. Number eight is <sighs> Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U. 
I have had a chance to play more of it uh, in the past week or two, and there is some fun to be had. Um, I did originally say a few weeks ago this wasn't even going to make my top ten. That was premature of me. Um, we got some better controllers. We put some money in to like be able to play it properly instead of with Wiimotes like cavemen. And it is fun. It's not perfect, which a Smash Bros. game should be. But I think given time and when the GameCube controller things start to be in better supply... The game's really going to just become part of the Smash Bros. rotation uh, pretty naturally. It's just going to take a while. Uh, And considering it only came out at the end of November, it's had nowhere near enough time to climb up my list for me, which is why it only makes number eight. Oh, yes. Number seven is Nidhogg, uh, an indie game which came out right at the start of the year and is one of the best multiplayer experiences I've ever had. Um, there are only four levels and every level is just one versus one you fence and if you beat the other person in a fencing match you have to run and then you just have to run past the other person as they keep respawning in your way and that's all the game is it's very simple not a huge amount to it but it's simple in the way it's just not the gameplay it's it's the, the meaning the reason why you're doing it you're never given a reason, really. Are you not, Gareth? Think about it. Well, at the end of each level, I mean, your your aim is to get eaten by the Nidhogg, which is a giant yeah. flying worm. And yeah. the winner of the duel sacrifices himself to the Nidhogg mm-hmm. while an audience watches. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. It's messed up. But if which you... is, is kind of like a metaphor, isn't it? For, you know, it doesn't <laughs> matter how hard you try you're no. always just going to get fucked in the end. Not all indie games have deep, hidden meanings. You can keep telling yourself that, Gareth, but I don't <laughs> think even you believe that. Nidhogg is one of the best multiplayer experiences I've ever had. If you have a friend who you're competitive with, if you play Nidhogg against them, you're going to have a fucking awesome time. Yeah. Uh, that's Nidhogg, number seven on my list. Number six is Bayonetta 2. Um, six? Number six, yes. It's a bit strange. I can't even think of if I had had that game if I had access to a Wii U sorry Gareth but I just think that's ridiculous <laughs> in a good way or a bad way in a bad way and I'm quite disappointed to see that it's so low down well a lot of people have been shouting its praises um... well that's the thing isn't it it's like actual gamers like they, they play it and they're like you know what this is just much better than anything out on the next generation consoles at the moment yeah, that's what a now lot of people are If you put it saying. at six, it's just an insult. <laughs> and I'll call you out on it should any of your next five be average or an indie game. Anyway. Well, I know for a fact you don't like one of my next five, but that's fine. That's yeah. not an issue. Um, Bayonet 2, um, I did really enjoy it. It's full of a shit ton of Nintendo references, which are really cool. Like the There's... Loads of costumes, like there's a Star Fox costume and a Samus costume and a Link costume and a so Princess a Peach costume. No, there's no Pikachu. Because Gareth, uh, that don- uh, guy would go mad. He would. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's cool Easter eggs. So, like, for example, if you wear the Peach costume, all the enemies will drop coins, and then when you pick them up, you get the classic Mario coin sound. Mm. And then when she does one of her summons, sometimes it'll be Bowser. And Bowser will like stick his arms out of the portal and like attack people with his Bowser hands. Um, 
And they didn't need to do all that stuff. It's just a, le- a level of detail yeah. uh, that they really went all out on. Uh, I don't think the game, personally for me, is as good as the first Bayonetta. The story feels kind of like a side story, like not that interesting. It feels like they made the game they wanted with Bayonetta and then they had to come up with a way to make a second one, you know? It yeah, feels a bit true. contrived. It's like the way Ghostbusters 2 feels like, oh shit, we have to make a sequel to Ghostbusters, what can we do, you know? It's a similar yeah. thing. Bayonetta well, 1 may- Maybe it doesn't feel that it's made that much progress, because it feels... I think Bayonetta 1 was 2010. Yep. And, you know, that was four years ago. And, you know, for it to be working on the Wii U hardware, maybe it just doesn't feel like, oh, a brand new game. It kind of feels a little bit more... Not as much progress has been made than you would probably expect in other genres. But, like you say, the fighting system was so perfect first time around, there wasn't much more they could do to kind of improve it. Exactly. Uh, They kind of nailed it with the first one and the second one. It just feels like rehashing the same thing, which is fine. (laughs) Really enjoyed it, but... uh... Not as much as some other people. Um, so that's number six on my list. Number five is Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. No, what? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry. I suppose it's good that it's halfway because it's halfway a good game, halfway a shit game, isn't it? There <laughs> it, you go. It, I, I felt the same as you, uh, what, like a month ago when I completed it. I even said the words on the podcast, <laughs> Rob was right. There we go. Um, that game's ending is a massive punch in the penis and you're like you, why would you punch me in the penis I was enjoying you so much yeah like a penis and it feels like you're punch. being fisted whilst being punched in the balls over <laughs> and over again and, and some people pay good money for that and enjoy it but it's not for me they do uh, but when I was looking <laughs> 50 pounds yeah but when I was looking up and down my list of games I realised I had so much fun playing Shadow of Mordor when it was good before it kicked me in the balls whilst fisting yeah. me in the asshole that I couldn't not include it. it I enjoyed it so much for so long uh, it did emphasise the pain when I got to the ending but I can't take away the enjoyment I had with it uh, so it's number 5 on my list it's, it's just I don't, I don't get it I still don't get it I still can't comprehend and I'm sure anyone that's played it can kind of, but I don't know why it's not more of a thing. Yeah, I, I don't know why it, it's just me sitting here talking to you about it. It's it should be like there should be memes made out of it. There should be you know studies on why this happened. You know it should be like similar to you know when Halo Two that just abruptly ended and everyone was like what? This should go down <laughs> in mythical status as what the fuck was that? Because you're playing it and suddenly it just goes oh see you later and it just runs off. <laughs> Literally, my I wish you were exaggerating. People who haven't completed the game yeah. will think you're exaggerating, but that's like pretty much exactly that. Sprouting legs, running off down the hallway <laughs> and jumping out the window. See ya. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, that's that's a good description. But, you know, it's not top of my list. No. But you can't deny it was fun. It was fun, but there is it go. higher than Bayonetta? Yeah, because... Uh... Isn't Bayonetta consistently great? Um. Yes, but because it's so linear, it's kind of repetitive. Whilst it's being, I suppose, Shadow of Mordor. Whilst it's got a lot in common with other games, it felt a little bit more refreshing, didn't it? And a little bit new. 
Yeah, it gave which you I suppose so many options. What that made it so um, disappointing when it did eventually come to the end because it felt quite innovative and fresh, and you just wanted that ending to kind of round it off nicely, like a happy ending, but it just didn't. Yeah, if there had been a a a happy ending, so to speak, yeah. this game could easily have been game of the year for yeah. everybody. But yeah, unfortunately, it didn't make it. So, number four on my list is Earth Defense Force 2025. Oh my word. Yep. It, uh, I, Man, this game is so much fun in such a unique way. No other game even comes close to trying what Earth Defense Force goes for because no other game has the balls to do it properly. Earth Defense Force, it's just you and a rocket launcher against thousands of ants and hundreds of giant robots who explode with the viciousness of the sun when they're destroyed. And you played it with Kent. I played it with my friend, yes, multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, and we had a blast. Every level feels like its own puzzle that you need to solve. The same combination of weapons won't work uh, every time. You've got to switch up your tactics. You've actually got to Shot think about it. in the ants' nests every time. I yeah, maybe not, maybe not. You'd be Garrett, surprised. Have you got, are you doing another weapon, are you? <laughs> but there are numerous strategies. There's one level where you start with a shitload of spiders, and spiders will kill you incredibly fast on Inferno, which is the hardest difficulty. Yeah. So we had a strategy where the mouth of the cave we start in, I would fire napalm at, That's and then yeah. the entrance of the cave would be burning. And then Ken's would like stand behind it with an electro uh, sniper rifle, picking off the ones that got through. And that was like, yeah. It's just so much fun. There's so much stuff like that where, sure, you can just equip a rocket launcher, play it on easy, and blow every building and enemy and ant and spaceship and giant mecha Godzilla dragon that you want. But there's also so much depth if you want it. So much difficulty. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like these games that people often overlook, and it's particularly these Japanese ones. Yeah. Um, I've been playing that series of games for a while. I've still got the Global Defense Force ones on the PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember getting them for like ten pound when they first come out because they were budget releases. Yeah. It's the same with Dynasty Warriors as well. Uh, I know some people don't like that, but you put those games on a hard level, and suddenly it's pretty much completely different to lower levels and you have to use so many different tactics like you say um, you have to use different weapons it's the same in Dynasty Warriors and you have to it's all about crowd control as well making sure you don't get overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, it's about sort of managing the bosses and the bases and basically clearing as you go and not being careless and that's what these games are really good at and then people play them on lower difficulties and say oh they're mindless they're not great <laughs> I think some but it's true. I think some of these games, the default should just be one of the hardest. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, like R type and games like that are very difficult, and they're not. They're not. They're not. They're not worried about it. In Dark Souls Two, that is a lot of strategy. But if you lowered the difficulty level significantly, it wouldn't be the same game that it is today. And I think a lot of games like Earth Defense Force and Dynasty Warriors, they sometimes suffer. Because of their easy difficulty. Yeah, it, um, it's a game that rewards you for challenging yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. That's why it makes number four on my list. 
Uh, top three, I guess we're in. We're in the top three, guys. It only took me 15 minutes to get here. Not bad. Not bad, not bad. Getting better at your lists. <laughs> um, number three is Borderlands the pre-sequel. Oh, that's controversial. <laughs> but you're it? kind of liking expansions this year, aren't you? It's, it's not an expansion. It's its own separate game. Set in between Borderlands 1 and 2. It fills in the story gaps that kind of nobody really wanted filled in. No. Um, between 1 and 2. But because I'm such a sucker for this universe, and I'll admit, like... I'm not saying everybody should really enjoy Borderlands the pre-sequel, but I am such a Borderlands fan that I don't care that this is like basically a cash grab. Um, yeah, a bit like Towers from the Borderland. Uh, kind of, yeah. Like a lot of people don't think anybody gives a shit about the story in Borderlands, but I actually do. I actually care about the world and what happens to these characters and these characters' motivations and stuff. And I, I'm probably in a minority. at night thinking about it? Not, not often. Okay. But, like, I care about why Handsome Jack is the way he is. I care about why he hates the Vault Hunters and what happened to start off the events of Borderlands 2. I care. And the people who make the games care. So me and the people who make Borderlands games have a special relationship. We're both in the same yeah. boat, you know. And can I sorry? Can I just without seeming to be uncaring? Yeah, I think it, we should ask if Don's okay. You okay, Don? Yeah. No, that, that sounded like you know when you ask say to a kid, "Are you up to anything?" <laughs> no. That was that kind of that kind of tone to his voice, wasn't it? There was a bit. Yeah, yeah I'm I don't know what he Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, on top of the story stuff, which uh, I care about, but not a lot of other people would, um, the gameplay is still the same. You still have awesome skill trees that give you so much choice on how you want your character to play. Um, Leveling up is fun. You get a shit ton of uh, loot all the time. And they've uh, tweaked it so in this game you get a lot more legendaries in like um, vending machines and stuff. So... In Borderlands 2, it was quite hard to get legendaries consistently. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. You know, I've got. So I've been playing Borderlands 2 for so long, um, but I don't know what's legendary and what's not. I've completed it on normal. I, I didn't pay attention. I know it's something to do with the color coding. Yeah. But I just go with whatever's powerful. Um, but I'm, I played it on hard on my own, and it was very hard. And I got to the point where there's this guy sort of in a massive sort of vehicle. And it's inside a house, kind of like in the basement. Okay. And he's in like this kind of thing that looks like it's in Robot Wars or something like that. And I just can't get past it. It's impossible. Well, maybe you need more guns. Or friends. <laughs> but that's the thing. Borderlands, it, it does what I want it to do, which is give me awesome shit when I level up and just throw awesome guns and shields and loot at me just all the time. And just make me feel as powerful as possible. And every Borderlands game has done that, including this one. Even though this one isn't uh, technically like part of the main series, it still hits all the right notes, and I love it for it. And I love all Borderlands games, which is why it made my top three. Uh, number, number two on my list is a game I only played uh, in the past month, which is The Wolf Among Us. It's a uh, Story adventure game by oh what the fucking god 
Telltale. Telltale. I knew that. Um, based on a comic book called Fables. Have you played Tales of the Borderlands? No. Right, so... Okay, let me just get this straight. Your number two um, game of the year is a graphic novel depiction game made by Telltale Games who have also done a game set in the universe that you're so passionate about, which is your number three game of the year, Uh uh, but you haven't played it. Well, that's because I like to wait until all the episodes are out of these episodic adventure games. Oh, you couldn't do that with EastEnders. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an argument for or against... (laughs) I'm not sure. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. It's it's like uh, when I get box sets and that, I say, oh, I prefer to watch them when they're all together. I don't want to watch them all in this business on TV. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way I played Wolf Among Us. Um, it was out in the winter sale on Steam, so I sort of went for it, not knowing a huge amount about it, but it kind of uh, won me over very quickly. Yeah. The concept is very simple. It's just... If all the creatures from fairy tales and myths came to the real world and had like a neighbourhood to themselves, what would the inner workings of that neighbourhood be like? Um, turns out it'd be pretty uh, pretty grim. <laughs> that game goes dark instantly and stays dark, but in a really uh, endearing way. The art style is incredible. It looks like it's hand-drawn. Um, and it's just fantastically acted as well. The guy who does the voice of uh, Bigby Wolf, he's just sublime throughout. He's fantastic. Um, that game sets up a mystery. Uh, basically, it's um, nobody, no fable, as they call themselves, has died in a long ass time. Then all of a sudden, it's a serial killer starts killing fables. And it's like. It, it's engaging because it's characters that you know from your childhood. Like, you know, Snow White's there, Beauty and the Beast are there. Every, like, um, fable is a beloved childhood character. And when they start dying, it's, like, horrible. It proper gets you, like, you feel it in the pit of your stomach when one of them dies. It's like, oh, God, this is fucking awful. Plus, episode one of that game ends with one of the best endings ever. It's just oh, it's so good. So unexpected. And considering I was barely even following it for it to just grab me like that uh, I thought was amazing. Which is why The Wolf Among Us gets number two on my list. Uh, But before I get to number one I have have two honourable mentions. uh, First of which is Hearthstone. Which I think could easily have been very high on my list, but I just didn't get round to playing enough of it. I played like an hour or two of it and thought it was really good. Presentation's fantastic, the gameplay's really good, but I just didn't play enough of it for it to make my list. Um, And the second honourable mention is Broken Age, which I played part one of that game, like pretty early in the year. And I don't know if you remember, but I said at the time, like, my most anticipated game for the rest of this year is part two of Broken Age. Yeah. I loved the part one of Broken Age so much, but, you know, we're, we've gone past the end of 2014 and they haven't put out the second part yet, so I can't put it on my list. Even though I think part one on its own easily measures up against some of the games on this list. 
I just couldn't in good conscience put an unfinished game on there. Yeah, and that's why I waited for The Walking Dead to finish before I actually played it because with these guys, well, any of those kind of season things, you just if there was kind of like dates when they're definitely coming out, I'd probably be more inclined to do it. Yeah. But because it's like at an unspecified date, it kind of makes you a bit more reluctant to do it. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately I still don't know when part two of yeah. Broken Age is going to come out. <laughs> it's mental. But when it does, I'll be excited for it. Um, just a shame that it couldn't make my game of the year list. So, I'm going to count down. Are you ready? It's exciting. It only took me 25 minutes. Number 10, Titanfall. Number 9, Dark Souls 2. Number 8, Smash Brothers for the Wii U. Number 7, Nidhogg. Number 6, Bayonetta 2. Number 5, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Number 4, Earth Defense Force 2025. Number 3, Borderlands the Pre-Sequel. Number 2, The Wolf Among Us. And number 1, Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls. Fuck off. So Gareth, um, Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls is your game of the year? Uh, yeah, that's correct, yeah. Alright, so now let's go into the virtual courtroom. Oh, do, do we have to? Yes, oh, you, God. you have to now, you now have to stand charged with uh, defending your game. You, you come into this courtroom with chicken chow mein in your beard and prawn cracker crumbs down your suit and you expect us to take you seriously in a court of law. What is your name and which game will you be defending on trial today? Uh, I'm sorry, Your Honour. My, my name's Gareth Williams uh, and I'll be defending Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. Hmm. Looking at your defendant, wasn't he released last year? Um, most of him. Uh, but not uh, the best part of him, which is the bit I'll be defending. Okay, so you are basically championing an expansion pack. That's predictable with someone with food in their beard. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I was, I was eating Chinese just before we started. Uh, I tried to keep it all in my mouth, but sometimes, you know, you get excited. I can understand that, young man. You look like someone who genuinely gets excited. Is the game a challenge? Yep. Am I right in presuming you are the same Mr. Williams who was forever stuck on bronze in League of Legends? Why should we trust your ability to judge a game's difficulty? Well, in my defence, League of Legends is difficult because you're playing against other people. Uh, Whereas Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls um, is difficult because you can set the AI to be incredibly difficult and as challenging as you're willing to make it which what makes Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls stand above other games in the genre uh, well 
to be honest, it's uh, not a very cramped genre. Um, and Diablo 3 on its own wasn't uh, didn't really turn turn many heads. Uh, people said it wasn't as good as Diablo 2. You know, it was too different. People didn't like Diablo 3. Last uh, was it last year or the year two when it okay. first came out? Um, but now they've really expanded on everything everybody wanted expanding uh, and turned it into a game that stands up there with Diablo 2 and other games in the genre uh, like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that as really being uh, one of the best I would say one of the best in its genre would you say it's better than Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance I, I think so Thank you. It learnt lessons from those games and added them to Diablo 3. Mr. Goss, do you have anything to add? Well, to to many it would seem this is actually nothing more than a rehash of an idea that's been around for many years. It's simply a PC mouse-clicky game where you're just going through the same linear relatively short story campaigns clicking on all your enemies mm. multiple times just to attack them in a very repetitive, boring manner it does seem to be one of Mr. Gareth Williams's weaknesses, doesn't it? and I, I would also put it to him that the enemies, in fact, that you're facing in this game are more or less all the same type, they, they may look different on the surface, but in fact their behaviour and the way you defeat them is in fact pretty much the same as every single enemy in the entire game you just have to click on them and fire whatever particular weapon you choose directly at them using your cookie mouse. Or in this case, a pad, if he's been using his console, Ooh. which I doubt he has. He'll have been using his PC, won't he? Yes, he will, because he's an elitist PC gamer. Ooh. And I'd also like to ask the uh, defendant what the actual story is in this game. What is the story of Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls? He wants to know what a story is, because obviously he's been playing Destiny for a while. <laughs> <laughs> And he's no idea what it is. Well, I will, uh, I will answer your question about the story before I uh, move on to debunking the other lie you just told. Uh, the story of Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls is quite simple. Diablo, at the end of Diablo 3, was trapped inside the Dark Soul Stone. And then, uh, as Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls begins, the Reaper himself, yes, the Grim Reaper arrives just as they're about to lock away the Dark Soul Stone and seeks the stone for his own ends. He can transfer Diablo's power to himself and he starts raising the dead all over the planet and causing havoc wherever he goes. And you, as the Nephilim, part angel, part demon, are the only one with the power to stop him. I see. And why would you want to stop him? Mm, Interesting question. Because What's your motivation for stopping him if you're part demon? He's raising the, the dead. He's Yeah, but you're a demon. Aren't you part of that crew already? No, because oh, you're also... Mr. Williams is a bit blinded. You're also part angel. You have to play neutral. You can't let either the angels so or the demons So why does he not here. destroy all the angels, Mr. Williams? He tries. He's punching angels in the face. He absorbs the soul of an angel in the very first cutscene. That but that would that would destroy the balance. There has to be balance. Humans live in between angels and demons, and you, as part angel and part demon, 
It's your job to protect the humans from all the bullshit they want to start. Let's see. And as this is a ostensibly a, a point-and-clicky, shooty, clicky mouse game, how is this story put across to you? Is it in cutscenes, or is it dialogue? Is it text? How does it work? There, There's uh, text, which pops up as characters are speaking to you. It's fully voice-acted. And also there are some incredible uh, Blizzard-style CG cutscenes. Nobody really does CG cutscenes quite like Blizzard. They can make even even the lamest game into a spectacle with just a wave of their CG one. This is a lame game that they've Mm. made into a spectacle. Not at all, but you know, like StarCraft 2 for example, I didn't like the storyline in that one bit, but when they throw a CG cutscene at you it takes your breath away every time. And if it can do that to a game that I didn't even enjoy playing, imagine what it did to a game that I loved playing. Sounds like a pretty Pretty old school way of telling a story. Here's some cutscenes. As opposed to what having you go to a website on your phone to uncover any story. Not to turn this around on Destiny, of course. Just a mere yeah, a rhetorical question I throw your way. Can you point to Destiny in this room? I don't oh. think you can. <laughs> That's fair enough. I would also <laughs> like to uh, answer your point from earlier when you. Uh, Said all the enemies in the game are the same? Couldn't be further from the truth. (laughs) Especially on the harder difficulties. There are packs of monsters called Elites, which are rarer than the other monsters, but still quite common. You'll come across an Elite every minute or two. I bet you do. And they are much bigger versions of the normal creatures. And they have... Same enemy, just bigger. They... If you let me finish, sir, please judge. Order! Thank you, thank you. These enemies are given a random allotment of abilities. Uh, these range from just having like triple the amount of health they normally would, to reflecting all damage back at you, to being be able to build walls anywhere they see fit, trapping you in a mini labyrinth for the duration of the fight, or they can just freeze you in place, or they can drop laser beams. Just drops a laser beam which slowly spins round. And if you're in it for a second, we'll kill you instantly. Shut up! And <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I, I appear to have excited somebody in the uh, the parapets over there. Um, and any sorry, enemy... what? I don't know. I said parapet. Is that a word? I've never heard it in my life. It is, but only if you live in a castle. There you go. <laughs> Which character is? Clearly. <laughs> it is in a massive racist castle <laughs> in the middle of Manchester city centre. So, you could happen, you'll come across an enemy with triple the normal amount of health and will reflect damage back at you, which means every time you're having to do more damage to it, you're also taking damage. And it could also freeze you in place and also drop a giant laser beam turret on you that could kill you in a second. So Seems like a lot of worrying. It is. <laughs> every fight is Every fight with an elite is a brand new situation that you've not come across before. Yeah. The context is always different because in the rifts where you uh, encounter these elites to get on the scoreboards and leaderboards and earn more loot, every dungeon is randomised. So you could be fighting them on a very thin, narrow platform with nowhere to go, or on a huge battlefield where you can really use spells like teleport to get behind them and angle around them. So it really uh, presents you with different challenging scenarios at every turn. Uh, Mr. Williams, do you feel slightly embarrassed that you never originally played 
Diablo 3. I did play Diablo 3. I just oh. didn't enjoy it massively at the time. Uh, it was good, it was fun, but they tried uh, to encourage you to play the game through multiple times uh, with no extra content. What Reaper of Souls did was, as well as adding another mini-campaign, like I've said, where death comes and steals Diablo's soul, um, they also added end-game content. So, for example, if I could point to Destiny, if it were in the room, and say, you know yes. how the best bits of that game are when you've completed it and there's a raid, and you have to go through all of that stuff for the raid? Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls has added the equivalent of a random raid that is different every time you do it, and thus... You can do it infinite number of times, and it will always be different and exciting each time. Not which is to not to amazing. sound biased, but uh, Destiny will no longer be in the room with us because after the uh, court proceedings, it was sent straight to death row to be administered a lethal <laughs> injection. Oh my goodness! Yes, very sad. <sighs> Any more arguments? Um. I need my it's final just, closing state. Sorry, Don. Yeah, it's just a mouse clicky point clicky attack game. That's all it is. Go on, Don. It's the Mr. same as the other mouse clicky. You can say it's a great story. What it comes down to, the actual dynamic of the game is just hit some enemies, you've got a weapon, click your mouse on the enemy you want to hit with the weapon. And that's it. That's what you do. It's not even close to true. Exactly true. It's the exactly wizard doesn't even use a weapon and the wizard's my class. <laughs> Whatever, a fucking magic spell. Ooh. I trap them inside a black hole, Ooh. summon a giant hydra next to it, and then Ooh. rain fire down upon them. And what? How do you actually cause that to happen? What? What? <laughs> what, what, what do you what do? What skill to cause process that thing? do you go through? Yeah. I press Q, then I left yes. click, then I press W. And, wow. and how do you? How do you know which enemy it's going to hit? Because I hover my mouse over the ones oh, so that you, I want to target. You press a key, you click the mouse on the enemy you want to attack, and then it attacks it with whatever the weapon or spell is that you have equipped. That sounds a lot like a mouse clicky attack game to me. There's no clicking involved. You just said you clicked the left mouse button. You that's because key, my that's because button. my only my Hydra is mapped to left click. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Get your facts straight, Don. This is court. This isn't, this isn't child's playtime. I hate your I hate it too. I yeah. hate your asparagus, Don. Oh. <laughs> so, Gareth, you're basically essentially saying that Diablo 3 wasn't the game it could have been, but Reaper of Soul addresses all of the problems. Um, in Diablo 3 and if it had been released like that in the first place it may well have been your game of last year uh, yeah it, it made Diablo 3 whole yes you can make me whole again which was an Atomic Kitten hit from many years ago Right, so I am up in court now. Um, I am tasked with defending the majesty, gaming royalty, that is Grand Theft Auto V. I'm ready, I'm lubricated, come at me. 
Sir, please yeah. step forward, tell us your name, and tell us the name of your defendant. My name is Robert Walker. Um, I am a, I'm the host of the 301st podcast on the iTunes chart, um, Game Central podcast, and I'm here to defend quite um, a game of criminality in it, on its own, uh, in itself, Grand Theft Auto 5 who I'm sure you're pretty familiar with, with their list of demeanours. Uh, not to be a, you know, a bit controversial here, but I'm pretty sure that game came out last year, so you'll have to pick a different game. It did, sire. But unfortunately, as it is a new release, I think it's got just enough to warrant it being picked yet again. New release? Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting uh, turn of phrase. Uh, how about I turn it over to uh, one of our interrogators, Mr. Don Goss. Don? Um, this new release seems like it's the exact same as the previous release, apart from having a first-person view. Is that the only difference here, really? Well, Don, sometimes we see the world through different glasses. One day you can see something, and the next day you can see it in a completely different way. Maybe you look up at the sky one day and it's blue, crystal clear with the sun, gazing through the clouds. Another day, you can look up and be greeted with dark, murky grey clouds. That that answers my question perfectly, thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I have a question. Yes, Mr Williams. Uh, Do you not find it ridiculous to argue for a game that wasn't even the best game last year? The Mm. year it came out? Well, I don't think you'd think it was mad if I was to tell you that sometimes when there's a movie that comes out, you can watch the movie and maybe not enjoy it as much to the full, but only a few years after, when other movies have come out, can you really judge it against it. And you can see, if you're in a lift and the music's playing, and you get off on the floor that you're supposed to get off, but you notice that the floor that you wanted to get off, the lift is out of service. Do you get into another lift, or do you merely just walk on the stairs? That's a very confusing answer, Mr Walker. Uh, Maybe I can rephrase it. Please do, please do. When we first played Grand Theft Auto, when first Grand Theft Auto V was released in 2013... I don't think we were at the stage where we could appreciate what it was. I think we were just on the cusp of the next generation and we looked at Grandford Auto 5 really as the exit of the last generation. We looked at Grandford Auto 5 and we thought to ourselves, if this is what they can do with this generation of consoles towards the end, I wonder what they can do in the next generation when the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 hit. And I think we're still thinking that, Gareth. And with that extra piece of polish, Grand Theft Auto has really shown what it can do. Also, with the first-person viewpoint, it feels like a completely different game. You become immersed. You don't feel like you're once removed from the character. This can also be very dangerous at times. Um, And it's been said that some of the more violent actions, such as shanking someone, which is street for stabbing someone in the stomach, um, it feels a lot more intimate brutal um, driving around at the dead of night when your headlights are just in front of you and you can see the steering wheel you can see that Grand the Rockstar Games have had no expense spared 
you change the record, you, 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 you change the radio station and it will come up in the car on the display board, on the dashboard, the display. You get oral sex head off of a prostitute and you can watch it in first person mode. This game is the best game on the next generation platform. <coughs> bar none. Um, and it really does take now for you to really appreciate what it was that Grand Theft Auto did. You can't catch it out, like I've said before. You try to catch it out, but you're left wondrously looking at this game as such a complete product. But is it not a gimmick? Could you be more specific? As The first person view. It's like trying to sell somebody a meal a day old by just putting new gravy on it if you know what I mean I do know what you mean Mr Williams has happened to me on many occasions mm-hmm. um, the first person view I think can only be appreciated when you play the game and you look at the amount of effort that Rockstar has put into it um, I would have tended to agree with you when I first saw the trailers I thought it was going to be a cheap gimmick but when you play the game and you realise the sort of the way the controls change when you're in first person on foot to that of a more standard first person shooter, when you buy different colour glasses and the the world is then presented to you through that kind of tint. If you wear orange tinted glasses, the world's got a kind of orange tint to it. If you put on a bike helmet when you get on a motorbike, you see through the visor. It's all very small things like this that are absolutely fantastic. And it adds that extra layer of immersion. And I mean, sometimes you can just get in a car and drive through the desert in first-person mode. You can turn the radio off, put on a pair of headphones and just listen to the engine and you as one. And, you know, it's that extra graphical fidelity as well that really adds to it. This really is the complete version of a game. And I would... I would love anyone to play it and not think that it was an improvement. You can't really put your hand on what it is, your finger. I mean, you can put your hand on it, but, you know, the saying is you can't put your finger on what it is. But when it's 5am in the morning and you're in the desert and the sun starts rising and you've got that new lighting engine, it really is fantastic. And the way the levels um, are presented to you, the way the characters progress, okay, maybe the characters have some flaws in them, I've said before, Franklin is very self-righteous. He'll go on about people invading other people's privacy by taking photographs or having a go at the journalist for taking photos of people's privacy. But then in the next moment, you're taking someone out of their car, stamping on their head and then driving over it. So that still hasn't been addressed, but I don't think you can. Um, But yeah, like I say, GTA, it's the complete game world and no other developer... It doesn't matter about the power of the console that they've been given, whether that's Ubisoft, EA, no other developer will be able to reach that level because it's not just the graphics, it's the level of detail. Don? Well, I'm convinced. Thank you very much. (laughs) Have you played (laughs) I have not. I have, however, played Grand Theft Auto 3, My City. <laughs> Which doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Are you alright, Don? 
No, you seem to be making up sort of games and <laughs> subheadings yourself. <laughs> I'm a little bit disorientated. It's okay, but you know, if you want to play GTA Three Vice City and then say Grand Theft Auto Five is brilliant, yeah. <laughs> that's that's all down to you, mate. But like well, I say, given the choice of Diablo Three Reaper of Souls or GTA Five, which one would I play? GTA Five. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely willing to, to give it GTA 5, but we, we need to finish off this section first. I'm going to finish you off in a minute, Gareth, in the middle of this courtroom. <laughs> oh god. But I would well, just you, like, you do have that lube, so... Thank you very much. You don't, Yeah, it's not lube, and it would probably numb your penis, which would make it counterproductive. <laughs> okay. Right. So, right. what I will say is, Grand Theft Auto 5, you know, I've I, I bought a lot of games... Um, but I don't genuine, gen, generally tend to buy them at full price. I paid full price at forty four ninety nine for GTA Five, thinking I was going to regret it, but I haven't. And it's because you then realise. I think we were at a very unique moment when it was first released in two thousand and thirteen, where it was like a perfect storm of we were able to kind of take it for granted because we were on the cusp of the next generation and we were looking at all these shiny new trailers and you're like oh what if there was a Grand Theft Auto on one of these consoles but that hasn't happened and it doesn't matter how good the graphics get now if that game shit underneath like Assassin's Creed Unity okay I'm not saying Far Cry 4 is crap but it's pretty much what we've seen before when you walk down this is it right this is to sum up Grand Theft Auto V in a okay. sentence. You're thousands of feet up in the air in a plane. You're looking down. Because of the increased draw distance, you can see the cars below, right? You can see the expanse of the islands. You can see the desert area. You can see the foresty area. You can see the countryside. You can see the bustling city. You can see the ports. <coughs> it looks absolutely amazing. You jump out. You're skydiving, you're free-falling. You get your parachute, you're falling down to the ground, and you land in an alley. An alley of hundreds and hundreds of alleys in the game. But that alley looks like it's been designed by someone to be a unique alley. It's not a copy-and-paste job. There's not textures that you've seen before. There's not posters that you've seen before. There'll be little things. There'll be an intercom on the side of the building with people's actual names on there. There'll be a newspaper clipping that you haven't seen before. There'll be bullet holes in the wall. That's Grand Theft Auto and you can't catch it out. You can walk down every other alley but they'll all be different from one another. And I think in games we're used to just seeing cut and paste jobs. And this is Rockstar's console and they're the only people that can do it. I've never seen another game with that much detail. And you know, if you've played Watch Dogs, you can put them side by side in contrast. Watch Dogs is a lot of glass buildings that all look the same. But Grand Theft Auto, you can pretty much stand on any corner and look out and take a picture. And you can feel that it's unique. And you can just go on a drive in Grand Theft Auto, turn down an alley, and you'll find something a bit weird or a bit off. And it will be kind of like a junkyard or it will be just... There's so many different places 
to go and it, it's it's it really is a remarkable achievement but that just shows you put the time and effort into a game you get the rewards well yeah I I can definitely admit that like my list is very very like suited to me it like I think because we had such a weird year of games um, not many of the like AAA releases really thrilled me in any way so I no. know that my list is very like you know I wouldn't really call many of them AAA it's very sort of weird very uh, geared towards what I like specifically um I mean, you know, GTA 5 hasn't come out on PC yet, remember? They pushed that back a few months, so that's due pretty soon. Um, so I can't actually play the next-gen version of GTA 5, but I played the last-gen version, and I have no trouble believing you when you say that was the best game of last year, because GTA 5, it was amazing, but the only letdown in it was A, that it was up against The Last of Us, which yeah. it, no game stood a chance against that, even GTA 5, but like knowing those consoles were coming and it was so close to getting on those consoles yeah. the only thing disappointing about it was we wouldn't get to see that next gen version and now that we have I'm okay with saying it's the best game of the year it's not it's not anything close to what is on my list but my list is so weird yeah. that, that it shouldn't really come into it none of the games on my list should really be considered um, whereas like you know you and Remember, the entire Game Central group mm. voted for GTA V as the best game of the year. Um, but but that's, that's what I'm saying. If, if you are to hold it side by side with other next-gen open world games, I know there haven't been many, mm. but they still can't hold a candle to it. It's the, sort of, it's the same as Watch Dogs, which was, you know, that was a next-gen console title. <laughs> it was also a hot mess. A hot it was a hot shine. mess. But, you know... Grand Theft Auto, it is so much better than it that it's not even funny. It's kind of bullying to compare them, and it's and that's a game that was apparently last generation. And it's it's the little things that you know, Grand Theft Auto on the Xbox 360. As much as I enjoyed it, sometimes the building would just pop out of nowhere, yeah. Or you'd be in a helicopter and buildings would kind of appear, or the traffic would just suddenly stop and the roads would look empty because the draw distance wasn't as powerful as it could be but now you don't have those problems and it, it, it's all it's all different things like the way the phone's used and things like that in first person mode and you know it picks it up and it kind of comes up to the side of your face it's like you say it could have been a gimmick it could have been a rush job but it's like as if Rockstar said you know what this this is our chance to just really make the game that people and the fact is you know people have bought it twice and they're still saying it's game of the year you know, you don't hear people slagging it off or saying, "Oh, this is this is crap." You know, it's hardly any different than the one I got before. Yeah. People are gen genuinely well received by it, and like I say, there's nothing in there that's like, "Oh my god, this is fucking making it drastically better." It's just that the game was brilliant first time around, and this time it just polishes its perfection. And no one is sort of demanding that it should have been a budget title, or they feel burned by it. Everyone's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, brilliant. I want this. I'll carry on playing it again. Thank yeah. you. Footage, footage that I've seen of it, it looks so goddamn impressive. Yeah. Like the all, all, pretty much every single texture in the entire game has been replaced with an incredibly high yeah. res texture, and it all looks incredible. The pain, painstaking work. And that's um, it. You'll, you'll you'll be somewhere, and you'll just go into you. You know that guy. Um, 
I forgot his name. The guy that helps you plan Leicester. Yeah. <coughs> He's got that like little geek then, hasn't he? He does, yeah. Everywhere you are, you kind of go into first person mode and just look around the rooms in first person so you can get a close look at it mm-hmm. because it's all so and you're like really how did they there's a room at the back of Lester's house that you know I didn't even know was there last time but you go in there and it's different from any other room yeah and someone's done that someone's taken the time to do that and I think that's what's awe inspiring about it and at any time sunset sunrise sometimes or if it's raining in the middle of the night and you see thunderstorm in the distance you just stop and you just look around and you're like, fucking hell. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, they already had GTA 5, so they just took that and they just yeah. said, add every single m- millimetre of detail we possibly can to it. And yeah. it does look incredible. Uh, Don, how yeah. do you feel about naming GTA 5 the game of the year? You've not played it. <laughs> not played it. <laughs> at all. But... <clears throat> Have you seen any of it? Do you know what we're talking about at least? Yeah, it, it looks awesome. It looked awesome last year on the old previous gen, and it looks great, even greater on the new gen stuff. Um, and it's a game I really, really do want to get hold of and play. I just need the time and to bother going out and buying it. Uh, and which I will do once it comes down in price, because I'm still at that point where I never pay full price for things. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm totally, I'm totally agreeing with them. Everything that Rob uh, has been saying, it's, uh, it looks fantastic. The level of detail is really quite incredible. Um, but that's something they've always tried to push in GTA and yeah. with the new systems. They've really been able to just go to town and just kind of indulge themselves. Um, but from the from the shots that I've seen and the footage that I've seen, um, you could just spend like you know, it's one, another of those games you're going to spend ages just not doing the store or anything. You just wander around, do whatever you like, yeah. and, and I, I like it's me. still fun doing that. So. Yeah, I, I rushed it the first time I played it because I thought, oh, I'm getting my Xbox One next month. Mm. You know, and there's going to be all these brilliant games that come out and I'm not going to have time <laughs> to piss around in the old... It was like that, the old generation, but this kind of feels like a... You know, I've been sort of absolved of my sins and now I'm able to finally just sit down and just appreciate it because I did kind of rush through it for, oh, this is amazing, but we're on the cusp of the next generation. Can't spend too much time doing this. This old old style, old school gaming. You know, I'm going to be playing Dead Rising Three next week, and <laughs> you know, all this bollocks. And Dead Rising Three was an impressive game, but again, no, I, I don't think. I think it's going to be a while before we see anything come close to GTA Five. To be honest, mm-hmm. even stuff like the Division that looks great, that will be the Division and stuff like that. The detail will be going up against GTA Five for comparison. Because that's what people will be looking at as the benchmark. Yep. Well, there we go. Our game of the year for 2014. GTA V. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll do a GTA V Reaper of Souls. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, could you imagine? I just want some DLC content. It's just it's quite annoying. I know they're doing all the online business, and I haven't even ventured into that. But... Um, if a few more story missions would be good or an extra character so get onto that rock star and hopefully that'll be something that goes on yeah but that's a conversation for another time when it gets announced yep so I think that's pretty much it all there is now to do is uh, tease the big announcement Rob yes um, I'm going to be a father (laughs) Um, I'm only joking 
Um, well, in a few weeks' time, is it two weeks from today or two weeks from tomorrow? Uh, yep, two podcasts from now. Two podcasts from now, so you only have to get through another two. No, another and, one, because uh, it'll be like one. one more, and then after that one is the one. Or you don't even need to listen to next week's. Just skip it <laughs> and then go on to where we'll be having Mr. Biffo. Uh, for those of you, of you that don't know, Mr. Biffo, Biffo, <laughs> Mr. Biffo was uh, one of the founding members of Digitizer, which was a teletext-based gaming information service that's, uh, that I think, I'm not 100% sure, I'll have to do my research, but Game Central kind of took over the mantle of that on teletext. Yeah. <clears throat> and then obviously Game Central, when teletext was being shut down, don't know why, fantastic service, Um that was then Ope Game Central Lives was set up in order to try and save it and move it onto, migrate it onto the internet, which is when Metro Newspaper took it. And then I met Guy and Gareth. We fell in love and decided to do a podcast. So it's kind of like a nice, a sort of, I'm not going to say what goes around comes around because that's negative. <laughs> Uh, he's like an ancestor of the podcast yeah it's kind of like he's the great 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 grandfather he's also had a column in Edge magazine uh, which is quite good they use words such as stereoscopic um, sort of uh, long words that you've never heard before and you have to look up (laughs) in the dictionary to do it again but it'll be interesting to actually talk to someone else rather than us three because you kind of get cabin fever and then you have have to ask Guy to come on to just have a bit of a a change but yeah it'll be good to talk to him and uh, it's going to be very exciting but in the meantime if you want to get uh, be a, become a follower Gareth's got all of the news um, yep yeah, you can go to gamebanter.co.uk to find all of our old episodes uh, the podcast apps only keep uh, up to date on the last like 30 so if you want to delve into any of the back catalogue gamebanter.co.uk uh, follow at gamebanter on twitter which is my Twitter account and the account of the website, and that'll update every time a a, uh, a podcast is added. Yeah, uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes if you like. We always appreciate reviews; uh, they're really, uh, really nice most of the time. It does hurt, doesn't it? It does hurt. It does help uh, to have reviews there because we know more people listen to it than there are actual reviews. But it would be nice, even if you don't say anything or just put. <laughs> Oh, just put a really nasty swear word, but don't direct it at us. Just, just put it there. You know, it's nice to have it. Um, but so back to normal next week, guys. Yep, we'll have the news, we'll have a feature, and we'll have what we've been. Well, Don's been playing Destiny. Um, not many games coming out at the moment. I can't really see the future, as it were, Gareth. Yeah, there might not be much to talk about next week in terms of games, but we've not done news for a few weeks, so we might have a bumper news episode. We'll see. The news. Right, so until then, uh, we wish you all a happy new year, and we'll be in full swing again next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bit more enthusiasm, Don? Bye. Yeah. Well done, Don. (laughs) Oh dear. dear. It wasn't worth it. I take it back.